All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. It's been a couple of weeks. It's been man. a long it's time, It's been man. almost 14 days since wow. we released an episode. We've been bad podsmen. We're slacking. We are we are slacking Dude, hardcore. But there's no Star Wars stuff. There has been no Star Wars stuff, but we do have some new stuff. We're going to be doing. We're going to be recording a bunch of stuff today, and then in the next week or so, we're going to be recording an instant reaction to Rebel Moon as well. So yeah. lots of of t- TSP content coming out in the next few days. TSP we, in your face. We're going to we're going to catch up cuz Luke and I haven't seen each other in a little while. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Darth Plagueis, this new book that we're reading. And then later we have a a full review of The Eye of Darkness, which is mm. the latest High Republic book. All three of those episodes will be released in the next week or so. Uh, don't forget before we get started, it would mean a lot to us if you guys would take a second to scroll down and hit that subscribe button as we try to get this channel off the ground we appreciate you guys supporting us over the course of the last couple of years we've done a lot we're we're like almost 200 episodes yeah it's not that far away dude it happens fast though. yeah it does it does it and, really does and uh and we're heading into a big year for star wars too yes. there's a lot of stuff coming out we're getting into these books um first of all how are you doing how's the table coming along how's I'm g good, man dude. g's good g is just full-blown standing not by himself but he's like pulling to stand and he keeps getting himself in trouble because <laughs> Because the dude can stand, and then he just doesn't know what to do after that. <laughs> it's, it's the after stand. Yes, yeah. So, so this morning, I'm, I'm feeding him, you know. And Elena's like, is that a bruise on his head? And I look. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a bruise <laughs> in the shape of his toy. <laughs> he landed on his toy. Yeah, he, like, fell and hit his head on the ground. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Dude, the kid is so tough. I think I've said that before on this pod. He is so tough. This kid has a bruise on the side of his head, right? And then he cried for, like legitimately seven seconds when that happened and then, and then just, just went about his day if i had a bruise that big on my head i would i would definitely be complaining about it for a few days i always wonder if there's like an initial phase of babyness where where like they actually don't uh they're not emotionally intelligent enough to realize what they can gain <laughs> by crying oh, yeah, and yeah. so instead what they do is like they realize crying is actually a huge waste of time because they're an infant because they're like like oh that hurt i fucked up my head oh that fucked, you know. and then they get over oh it. that over there looks interesting yeah and then, I know. <laughs> you know they just move on to the next no, thing but where, then the, yeah, yeah then when they, they cry they get something then like they start, the toddler phase yes yes, yes. that's yeah, what that's what that's where g is going to be a real we are entering the realm of toddler phase <laughs> dude he he's figured out every single time we put him into his playpen because it's got that like foam base you know Uh and around the foam base there's a border that that you can like pull off the kid has understood that he can crawl to the side reach his arm through his baby jail and then he undoes it every time we put him in there and then he he lets himself oh Oh, he undoes the border yes he undoes the border and then wields the foam piece around like it's a sword (laughs) until you take it from (laughs) him dude yesterday so my brother every year for christmas uh my my brothers and i get together and we just kind of hang out and play guitar and and watch football and have some beers just just guy stuff guy stuff and uh uh, like my little, my older brother just had his first son about a year ago. Actually, he, uh, Easton just turned a year. Yeah, and uh, I were watching the 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 game last night. The uh, uh, who was it? It was the Saints versus the uh, um Chargers. The Chargers? No, it wasn't the Chargers. Or, uh, Rams. The Rams. Yeah, yeah. And, Dude, uh, LA but has by two the way, teams, and they're but, both the same colors, and it drives me crazy dude oh yeah yeah the other thing too is uh matt stafford is like i think matt stafford is so damn good dude talk about a tough dude oh my gosh yeah Yeah, i i i I, like there's a very small number of quarterbacks that take over him anyway i digress uh i all of a sudden easton's walking like full-blown walking right now and 
I, I'm just sitting there drinking my beer, watching the game. And next thing you know, like Easton comes walking in front of me, holding a like four foot long wooden stick. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? And it was like the, st- the stick that's jammed in the sliding glass door to stop it from opening, you know? And he's just wielding yeah. it, like, like holding it above his head and just running through the room. And I'm like, I'm like okay, something bad's about to happen yeah, in dude. a second. They just <laughs> find everything they're not supposed to. Like if, if there's something that's breakable, they'll be like, that's interesting. Mm. Let's play with that. Yeah, dude, it's going to be an absolute mess. And you know our house is like so aesthetically pleasing. Like we try so hard to make it look good and then he's just going to ruin that for us. Mm. He's just going to ruin it. Oh, no, he's going to. It's guaranteed. Uh, I have two things I want to bitch about before, before I have we a big get one to too. Our, 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 our major topics. So first of all, uh, it's amazing as an adult how you just randomly get like punched in the side of the head with like expenses. Oh, and, and so for, ran, randomly the other day, like I had to do my car registration, which by the way, not complaining, everybody has to do car registration, but like I bought a, a two year set of 550 bucks. Yeah. Plus uh, I had to get my emissions test because my truck is now officially five years old. So that was another 1285 or whatever that was down the toilet. Then literally Carly and I are doing the dishes the other day and we pick up like this weird smell, our garbage disposal crapped out and started leaking oh, and gross. the interior housing of the garbage disposal started leaking we thank god we had a giant plastic tray underneath and a bowl that was full of old brita filter or uh packaged brita filters back from when we had a brita pitcher uh-huh. which we don't have anymore just happened to be sitting that's under why there. you don't get rid of caught stuff <laughs> exactly it had it caught all the water but it had like this nasty buildery smell and so it didn't we avoided catastrophe but i had to call a plumber out on short notice dude I, had to go buy a, a badger, like, and it was like it was five hundred bucks was gone like that, and you're just like, damn it. I saw go. this thing, and it was uh, it was making fun of how millennials just don't own houses, which because it's so expensive, <clears throat> and then and then uh, the millennial guy, the character was like, why don't it's not like I live paycheck to paycheck, like why can't I buy a house? And then the ad- financial advisor that he was talking to, he's like, yeah, you don't live paycheck to paycheck, you live like vacation to expensive vet bills. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's like, oh shit, you're right. Yeah. No, th- th- that's that's precisely where where I am financially. It's like I'm finally at an age where I'm like on top of my stuff and we yeah. got, I got some stuff. But every time something bad happens, it's still like, like oh, shit. fuck. <laughs> yeah. Know? Or well, like, like last year when I messed up my side view mirror and that ended up being a thousand bucks. You're just like, ah. I think this is just us like being like slightly older, right? Like we're yeah. both in our 30s now. Like, for example, our uh, Nest thermostat took a dump. Did I tell you about this? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Nest thermostats are not the cheapest thing in the world, right? Yeah, and there's like 200 bucks, right? Yeah. There, like then there's that? different yeah. ones that are nicer and stuff. So uh, a few years ago, like we're talking three, uh, this was like, I think right before or right after Google bought Nest, right? It was right after, I think. So, so I'm going throughout, throughout my day and then I look over and our Nest thermostat has this, um, low battery sign i'm like why does this have a low battery sign this makes absolutely no sense it's attached to the wall like what are we talking about so anyways uh i go online there's legitimately zero support for nest thermostats you cannot call there's nobody that you can call do do not ever buy a nest there's nobody you can call the the directions that they have on how to fix it were useless factory reset is basically all they say probably and it wasn't even that it was like it was such bull crap and and did you find out that there was a a battery in it at some so uh it does have a battery in it that you can charge but it literally just wasn't charging and here's what's what's crappy about this is uh one of our because we have two one of our nest thermostats is hooked into the app 
and one of them is not. Oh, no. The one that's hooked into the app is the one that failed. No. And and the the solution was pretty much buy a new Nest is pretty much what I found out online. So here's what's what crazy. A joke, oh man. yeah, and then and then it would, uh, it would power off because it had no battery, right? Get this. This was a this was a um, designed failure, is what I found out. I unhooked it from the app. Guess what started happening? The Nest started working fine. It started what? charging as soon as I disconnected it from the app. So it's literally a software issue. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's I think it's a programmed failure. Is what it is. That's probably that's exactly what it because, is. Because and I've discovered that because we're like, oh, like I wonder if I just need to like update the software, uh, which which I've had products that don't charge until you update the software. Um, anyways, the second I connected the other one to the app, it stopped. It had the same failure. <laughs> Isn't that crappy? But, I'll never buy no, a Nest but again. But no support. Yeah. No, but no zero support. support. I, I will never buy a Nest again. That's ridiculous, yeah. man. And you would think too, because like, like that, like Nest was one of the, like, if I'm not mistaken, one of the like early Silicon Valley, like, uh, like kind of new oh, ventures. You, oh, you'd think they would have backend support, but, mm-hmm. I, but I, but I guess not. Well, I'm sure they did. Dude, this actually, it's, like, talk about a bitch fest. So, um, the same issue happened with our baby monitor. They got bought out by a different company. And then the monitor stopped working. And, you and then I support. went to call it. And then I called the number that existed for when it was still owned by the other company. We're talking like eight months ago that like we bought this. Mm-hmm. And there's no support anymore. Oh, gosh, yeah. man. That's super annoying. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh man. Well, yeah, again, it just, it just, everything, everything just comes in waves and it's just what you're always just going from one crisis to the next and you solve one. And <laughs> Dude, but ours are so easy. Like how blessed are we, man? Yeah, we are. We are blessed. Like, there's no, like blessing. seriously, like there's like you and I are two of the most blessed dudes that I know. Well, and again, there are versions, yeah, there are versions of it where it could get a, a hell of a lot worse. Oh, and and sure. so, yeah, I, d- I don't want to sound like we're complaining, but we're complaining. Dude, we're complaining. <laughs> and you know, that's kind of fun to do, but I would not recommend a nest. Sorry, Google. We just lost a sponsorship. Two of them, actually. <laughs> so, uh, the thing that I want to uh, complain about Star Wars wise in, in this particular segment, you had sent me an Instagram post right after I had sent you the same Instagram <laughs> post. So, there's two Instagram posts that I think kind of tie this together. So, first is this Jason's inter- referring to the of- fact that I like never look at the messages that he sends me. And now it's happened twice where he's sent me something and like a day later, I'll send him the exact same thing, not realizing that he already sent it to me. It happens. It's Instagram real double sending. It's a thing. So, uh, Adam Driver mm-hmm. is getting interviewed on some show. I can't remember what it was. And he's basically being asked some pretty direct questions about the execution process yeah. of the uh, uh, of the sequel trilogy. He was so candid. Oh yeah, and he basically basically what he said was like the idea was it was going to be the the reverse Vader, mm-hmm. meaning like Darth Vader was this guy that was you know staunchly evil from day one, right? And then kind of like slowly was redeemed. Like there's even like these weird conversations where like in Hoth when he's talking with Luke. There's this the the he reveals himself as the father and like hey let's rule the galaxy as father and son and then there's even this weird exchange on Endor when uh, when Luke turns himself in mm-hmm. and and like he has like a pretty serious conversation with Vader and Vader looks back at him and goes like it's too late for me like it it, it was oh, kind of yeah. like a little bit more of like a looser lighter Vader and then obviously it culminates in him turning. And, and and throwing Palpatine down the shaft, right? And Adam, Adam Driver's like, mine was supposed to be the reverse of that. Like, 
he's kind of this undecided, yeah. like kind of on the fence kind of guy, and he's supposed to basically descend into darkness Dude, over the course of the And that show. makes sense because for in Force Awakens, he was like having legitimate turmoil about yeah. killing his dad. Yeah. yeah. He was on the fence and then suddenly he wasn't. And like yep. even in even and basically what he said is he's like he straight up says he goes, and then Rian Rian took it in a different direction. And uh, or is it Ryan Johnson or is it Ryan? I don't know. Whatever R I A N takes yeah. it in, it takes it Ryan. in a different direction. And then he goes. Then all of a sudden, the out of nowhere for the third movie came the dyad thing. Which, which by the way, I totally forgot about the dyad thing. Oh how yeah, freaking stupid that is. But Dude, like, it, it's, it's so bad. It's so bad. But I combined that with the second reel that I saw, and I don't think I don't think I sent this one to you, but you have to let me know if you saw it. But it was George Lucas getting interviewed, and he's talking about the movie studios. And he basically goes like, movie studios suck. They have no talent. All they care about is the bottom line. Yeah. And and they are what's wrong with movies right now. It's basically what he says. And Dude. it was a pretty old clip too. Oh, I wonder how old. Um, I it I want to say like it, it was probably pre selling to Disney. I'm not certain. Oh, it's okay. Possible. Yeah, yeah. So not that to, old. I, I, you know how it is with Instagram reels too. Like it always, it's just it's very difficult to tell. When of course, the interview. Took and dude, place. and let's be real. George Lucas hasn't really sta- changed his style much. No, no, like, it's, like it's same vibe. Rocking yeah, yeah. the same, rocking <laughs> just, the same vibe. Like New Balance, blue jeans, like collared shirt, flannel. <laughs> Same glasses, same haircut. That's true. Do you remember the reel that was going around of like the random news interview and he's walking yes, in the background? In the background, he's just average, <laughs> average Joe, average George. But like, it, just in general, I thought it was it, it was a, the great example of like, you know, what, what George said in his little clip, which I thought was super interesting, is he's like, he's like, m- the the movie studios view it as a business, and he's mm-hmm. like, it's not a business, it's an art form. Oh gosh, and yeah. and, and, and it's really truth, that man. simple. It is an art form. That happens to make money. Right. And like th- th- to put it simply, it, when the art becomes secondary to the money, mm-hmm. the work suffers. And, and like Dude. you would never – think of it like this. How did George Lucas create Star Wars originally? Mm-hmm. He created Star Wars originally by conceptualizing an entire universe and storyline. Right. And then he started making and, the movies. And he didn't think it was going to be super successful and he still went for mm-hmm. it. Like, dude, there, there's like this level of magic that's kind of indescribable, right? And that is that is like the peak Star Wars mm-hmm. where it wasn't about the money. Right? Yeah. Dude, the same thing probably happens with professional sports. Like, could you envision like watching an F1 race when it's only about the sport, like years and years and years and years ago. Now it's pretty much all about the money, right? The sport is secondary. Mm. Dude, that's the same thing that happens with everything. Healthcare is a huge example of that too. It's sad. There's there's just probably like there's this like like the peak of of any given like the peak of the movie industry was probably right when they realized they were making a ton of money doing it, but it's because it was good. Yeah, you know and, and I mean? then and then it just it kind of is like a cycle, dude. Yeah, but it, like all movies are the same now. Like they're also boring. Like like not okay. That's that's an overstatement of a lifetime. Many of the movies are super boring and very. Um, like you can tell exactly what's going to happen with like each time you watch them, and like the flavor of movies, like even in the early two thousands, are way different than movies now. Like all like the Christmas movies and and like the rom coms, rom coms from like the early two thousands are so much better. Well, in general, I've seen a lot of actors and actresses and producers and, and directors talking a lot about how like it's just impossible to get one of these 
uh, movie studios to make a big budget film unless it's a superhero movie or, or like oh, yeah. some sort of big box office type mm-hmm. of thing. And and so basically, if you want to make quality stories, you have to go to these like lower level studios, and they don't have the money to to yeah. throw at it. And it just turns into this big problem. And and like t- to put it simply, like like they went into the sequel trilogy without a plan. <laughs> and like and it honestly is crazy to even think about from the standpoint of like they started from the beginning. With three separate directors on schedule. Yeah. How? Like, why? They started from the beginning with no plan after the first movie. Like, there's Literally insane. there's so many different things that slip through the cracks there that are honestly like unconscionable. And yeah, and 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 like when you see a guy like Adam Driver sit there, and, and you 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 can kind of feel it coming through his voice as he's saying it, but it's it's almost like a twinge of regret. Oh, or it's for just sure. like it's like this was supposed to be this cool thing, mm-hmm. and then it just became this other thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is which is it shows you how incredible Star Wars is. Like the the bones of Star Wars are so good that that like you can still have amazing characters that were ruined. Like Kylo Ren is one of my favorite characters of all times, and like his story was kind of ruined. And mm. despite the terrible, terrible, terrible writing, it's still like a very interesting and compelling character. Mm-hmm. Like that's how cool the Star Wars universe is. And then they turn him to the light, and then they kill him. Which is and like, then you, which and is then like he, the, oh, it was dude, so, the so Ray, bizarre. The Ray Kylo thing where they like transferred life into each other, it, but like. Got and happy kissed, and then died. And, and then, then there's kissed. a kiss. It's like, the worst. dude, it's so bad. It's the so worst. Bad. And the dyad is so stupid, too. It, 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 All of it is so dumb. And like then you juxtapose it with, like, because we're going to be talking about Plagueis here in a minute. And it's like, mm-hmm. when you really... Because Plagueis is essentially a prequel to The Phantom Menace. Right. And, and it is so immaculately planned out. And everything ties together in a way that is pretty damn clean. Like, the, right. it's not perfect. Like, there's... Uh, and Di- Disney has complicated it with things like the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series and some stuff like that, mm-hmm. where, like, some of the stuff has, like, some loose-fitting pieces. But most of the George Lucas stuff fits together immaculately oh, yeah. well. And it just... It, it, it goes to show you that, like, George had a work of art yes. in the form of his six movies that made a ton of money mm-hmm. because the art was transcendent. Then Disney bought the rights to the art and started trying to literally create screenplays based solely on the idea of making money. Yes. The art suffered. And and then we get to a point where it's like now we have a, a, a Rise of Skywalker that's like universally panned. You yes. know what I mean? And, it, and it's, it, that's just how it goes. I think, I think I heard something about movies nowadays where – and this was probably even more so prior to the pandemic. But – about how essentially they tried to like uh, make their budget back and some within mm. the first couple weeks of releasing, and like it was, it's considered a failure if they don't do that. Which Whereas, is so stupid. which is so stupid. Whereas, like a lot of movies that you and I grew up with, we knew that there was like a simmer that could occur where people would go out and buy the DVD afterwards or, or what, whatever. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of money to be made longer term mm-hmm. than just the original release and yeah. box office. Yeah, it's a it's a different era, and I get that, but but, but like. It just to me, I, I agree with George Lucas from the standpoint of uh, like his general point about the difference in approach between the artist yeah. and the moneymaker. Right. And, and, and like to me, there's this, it's funny because they're like different pathways entirely. It's it, in basketball, for instance, like there's, there's this like, like if you're up the coaching tree, you go mm. from like, 
film study to like maybe an end of the bench assistant to right. like a, a mid-level assistant to like the lead assistant to like maybe the head coach and, and varying different levels like high right. school college pros that all that kind of stuff and then there's like the general management path which is like you go from scout to like uh to like maybe an assistant gm to like maybe a guy who's involved with drafting uh the draft process to maybe a guy who's involved with scouting free agents to whatever up to all the way up to general manager or president yeah. of basketball operations and they're both like doing very different jobs, mm-hmm. but they're both intricately involved in the d- development of the final product. Right. And there needs to be like really good communication between both groups in a franchise because like there are certain elements that are more complicated than people realize from a coaching standpoint. Like people might be like, oh, change the starting lineup or trade this guy or blah, 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 blah. You don't understand what personality dynamics are taking place in the locker room. You don't understand if like maybe if you trade for this guy and you move this other guy to the bench, maybe his confidence craters and then suddenly you lose him for the rest of the season. Yeah, or his buddy's teammate or his his teammate's buddy is all pissed now that his 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 friend isn't starting. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they hate your guts. Exactly. It's complicated. And and that's why, for instance, almost every sport that has a joint head coach, general manager, like when it's the same guy, like when like Belichick, famously the Patriots don't draft well. Or like you'd see like Stan Van Gundy when he was in charge of the Detroit Pistons. It's like he was in charge of drafting and coaching the team. And it's like all of a sudden stuff starts slipping through the cracks. So it's like both sides, there's like a a separation. And that's kind of the way I look at it. Because like a lot of these guys that are in the management portion of media companies, like some of them start as agents, you know, some of them start as producers, but like they go up this entirely different channel towards this profession right whereas like the artists like the people that are like the directors or the actors or whatever they are going up this like different ladder and at the end of the day like like that that disconnect becomes a problem when these people are making decisions based on money and these people are right. making decisions based on their passion yes and it, and it releases these like two different thought processes yes. and then what ends up happening is these people because they have the power start saying no even though they don't people, know what's going even on even though they don't know what's going on dude and then sprinkle in some some deep 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 star wars lore that the writers have no clue and they have no knowledge of and then you've got a, a, a recipe for a terrible movie oh it 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 like it, it like legitimately was a complete and total disaster. Dude, There's and, no other way around it. And what's frustrating too is because like you get the sense again, like because all these new movies feel the same. Like they really do. Like, like you get the sense. Like for example, anything that's supposed to be exciting or like somewhat like sci-fi, sci-fi. Even though I don't really consider Star Wars sci-fi, which is a whole different thing. Um, but anything that's like considered large scale in sci-fi, like they end up ramping the scale up to, to the high heavens where it like makes no sense where like you get, you know, like what we've talked about a thousand star destroyers that wouldn't have existed in the original star Wars. And then they just try and ramp up the scale just cause they think it's going to be so freaking exciting for, for all the, you know, the viewers. And then it just gets washed out. And, and boring. It gets washed out. It gets boring. And then then that's the other thing too where this big, bo- big box office thing where it's like it, it, they just have seen this Marvel stuff where they think that's what draws people to the theaters, which it's like fundamentally that's not what right. draws people to the theaters. And now uh, here we go after – uh, you know, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame succeeded because of an intricately developed storyline involving Thanos and in these characters. And so then they they try to continue to push that ideology in terms of the the scale and the special yeah. effects in all the Marvel movies are crapping out now. Yeah. And, and and I just think in general, I think we're seeing this in a lot of industries. It's like the over the over 
I don't know what de- describe how you want to describe it. If it's like it's like the overly capitalist approach to this filmmaking and and, yeah. and art of making stuff. There's this uh, thing with rap music now too, where like rap music is cratering around the world in large part because they went from be it went from being like literally poetry, yes, with it like amazing beat making to like just gibberish crap and mumbling uh, and, yeah. yeah and like and like that's the thing is like and, and it's like okay for a few years there there were a lot of bangers that were made and all, everything was thriving in, in, in this in this environment and then all of a sudden everybody realized like actually this movie's not this music's not very good and then it just it just starts to crater when do we realize that with with movies though is that something that we you and i will ever get to experience again or, or i think is, we're experiencing it, it right now i think i think right think now with marvel out? crapping out with dc crapping out Gosh, i think i hope so i think people are starting to realize pretty quickly that like oh like the the just squeezing the sponge for the sake of squeezing the sponge is is not smart the like whole time like grass roots thing yeah well and like uh artists are starting to figure that out too from what i understand there's been a lot more artists lately that have tried not to sign on with these huge labels just mm-hmm. so they can continue to do their own thing oh, and, and be who they are because like wouldn't that be frustrating when you're like trying to make music and then someone's telling you all mm-hmm. of a sudden how to make music and you've been doing it for 20 years oh yeah well like, like that'd be crazy to, to put it simply like like one of the things i love about the volume is they give me complete and total creative autonomy yeah. And and there, if it ever got to a point where it wasn't like that, and I don't believe so because they've this has been a great relationship. But like, if it ever got to that point, or if I was working with a different company in the future where it didn't feel like that, like I'd be miserable. Like, right. it, it, and I I totally get why like George Lucas was like, screw you guys, I'm funding this myself. Like, yeah. George Lucas was one of the original guys that gave a big middle finger to the to the Dude, studio. And look how it and, worked and, out. And it worked out. It was worth and billions now, of and now dollars. He's a billionaire. Yeah, and it's literally that simple. Dude, I think of some of the artists too, like early, early on before they get discovered uh like post malone like dude posty was kind of weird and he did his own thing and mm-hmm. everyone loved it man mm-hmm. like everyone absolutely loved it and i think like like i think we need to be more down for just like you know accepting like the odd odd approach and then just like enjoying it for what it is which is art well and again it, it to me it's, it stems from like a fundamental thought process that so many of these studios have which is like this is the way you have to right. do it there's and not it's a recipe like, and it's like no that's calling. not it like it's yeah. like it, it's it, i i can't tell you how many times like like i've seen on television like these so many people go out and just ride the hot take train and ride the oh gosh. and and like Even and i think sports in I particular think, man oh yeah and by the way i think we're reaching a breaking point there too oh, i yeah. think we're reaching a breaking point where people are getting sick of the where, where the people realize hysteria. like oh, this is all trash huh yeah this like, is when all they, trash it's like it's one thing if if you hear one hot take mm-hmm. and it happens every once in a while you're like oh that's a hot take that's pretty interesting they're going for hot takes every single time they're no longer hot mm-hmm. they're just takes yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's bad. It like and and what's what's funny about it too is like like you're starting to see stuff like kind of poke through the surface that's doing really well. Like it, it makes me really happy to see a guy like JJ Reddick doing super super Dude, well. Dude, let's talk about your podcast, Jay. Like you're being so humble right now. Like you, you have legitimate real breakdowns of basketball. You have great information and you went you, you've become wildly successful and it's been like one of the funnest things that I've got to experience in my lifetime. Well, it's like, been seeing, cool. Seeing I, I understand. You're, like you're talking about JJ Reddick. It's like, dude, like let's talk about you, man. Like you have great takes. You don't, you're, not, you're not just making these terrible hot takes. Like you have great breakdowns. It's been cool seeing as a validation, seeing the show do well with its current format, no doubt. But like, I'm not the only one. There are other people that are succeeding. Right. And, what, and that's been cool to see because to me that, 
is the ultimate direction this all goes. And honestly, like it's the beauty of the modern layout with this kind with, of stuff. With YouTube? With all this stuff because like you like you can you don't have to work for ESPN anymore. Right. And have to meet gigantic uh you know studio related revenue goals in order to to make a successful show and that and the, and it, it it's opened up a door for more of that creativity which right. i think is really good for the for for the for the space for sure for sure don't uh, i hope people don't read into this too much but like these these larger studios it kind of feels like they have like a little bit of an agenda which is like oh like the pacers suck this week or like they're really good or even like different agendas well, no that's it's definitely hard, a thing and it's and it's hard for and like i think that happens with like larger companies like disney right like like all of a sudden like they're like okay this year the movies that we're making are going to have this theme it's just like could we just not like can no, we just it, can we just do our own thing that's definitely a thing where like if the lakers so for instance if the lakers drop a couple of games over a weekend like y- y- i guarantee to you like when they when everyone walks in the studio at ESPN on Monday morning like there's some high level exec yeah. or, or pr- high level producer walks in it's like all right here we go <laughs> Lakers, Lakers are catastrophe <laughs> you know they're like fuck yeah like and it, it's so funny yeah. because like I could tell there are times like my company just knows now that I won't do that so like it's funny because like when stuff like that happens they just expect a measured reaction from me on, on that kind right. of stuff but it, to be honest like it just it I um, I, I, I just can't fake it. That's part of it too, is like, well, I'm not capable of faking it. Dude, so. and no one needs to hold your hand to tell mm-hmm. you how to make good content. And mm-hmm. like, unfortunately, uh, Star Wars has gotten so bad that now everyone who's, who's, uh, in those meetings creating content, they have to have their hand held by, mm-hmm. um, Dave Filoni now Oh yeah, because the content has been that bad to where Dave has to be in charge of everyone now. Oh yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I get it, but uh, uh, but I I in Dave we trust. Hopefully he in can we trust. he can turn everything around. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we have for this episode. We'll see you guys shortly for some Plagueis. Thanks a lot.